If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallMAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallMAFS so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Maths episode 13. Hi, Aid. How are you? I'm good. I'm back here in Houston. I miss you. <laughs> I was about to ask. I was like, how's life without me? Are you are you like miserable? I'm just kidding. But yeah, are you back to your routine now? No, I'm 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 back to allergies. <laughs> <laughs> Which I will say, no matter where I live, I have allergies at the most inconvenient times. No, oh, we hope you feel better. Thank you. I hope I don't sound too bad for you guys with my congestion. I apologize <laughs> in advance. <laughs> I mean, you have nicer weather where you are because. On this side, it's still like living in London. It's dark, it's dreary, <laughs> it's rainy, it's miserable. Spring, where art thou? Spring is in Houston. Nobody asked you. <laughs> you guys don't know this, but one of my goals in life is to get Tane to move to Houston. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's worth a try, you know? It is worth a try. I feel like I've done my time there. I lived there for a little bit. Even when I moved out, everyone still thought I was there because I was there. And most of my friends are there. But listen, if you can convince my husband, I heard that you tried. He just told me yesterday you were trying. I I did. (laughs) (laughs) Because my my sources here in Houston, when we discussed this, were like, oh, we just need to get the husband. She'll come. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I don't. Even if you convince him, you know the reason. I don't think that's going to happen. But who knows? Who knows? You know. You know. I just, I just need to send him real estate listings and he'll be right here. Ah, I did. You remember that house that we, um, I don't know if he mentioned it to you, but there was a house that I saw and I sent it to him and he was like, whoa. 
And he was looking at the price. Yeah, because I remember him telling you, like, we would never find it for that price here. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to send them house of listings. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. Any housekeeping for the people? You guys on Patreon, we're going to do the ultimatum. It's the Nick and uh, what's her name, Lachey. Wow. <laughs> Wow! How rude is it to this wife, uh, Vanessa. Her name is Vanessa. A whole Nick Vanessa Van- Lachey. A whole Vanessa Manila Lachey. <laughs> there. I guess this is a follow up to Love Is Blind, but it's one of those shows where the description is like there are couples. There's an ultimatum. The, there's convoluted rules about what's going to happen next, but we're going to all find out together. Um, and we'll be doing that on Patreon. It'll be out next week. Um, last week we did Bad Vegan, so if you haven't caught that, go on our Patreon, you can find it there. Also, if you have any recommendations for Patreon episodes, feel free to message them to us, post them on the comments on Patreon, wherever you'd like to tell us about it. Someone did recommend the ultimatum, and that's why we decided to do it, so we definitely listen. Um, (laughs) Tane, what's happening on social media? All right. What is happening on social media? A lot of the past contestants, again, I keep calling them contestants, participants. (laughs) Well, they are, you know, fighting for love, but, um, they met up, um, this week, three of the Houston women, uh, wow. Rachel, Merla, and wow. What's that redheaded girls? There you go. Let me say this again. The thing is, I didn't see the post, but I knew if three Houston women went up, it was the three of them. <laughs> I'm gonna say this again. I can't remember. I can't believe I just blanked her name. Anyway, three of the Houston women, Rachel, Merla, and Brett, including Johnny, hung out. Um, as you very clearly see, Michaela and Bao are not part of that uh season. But yeah, they hung out together as usual. Nothing strange about that. The guys from season 12 hung out. I mean, I don't know if this is obviously, but without Chris. But I thought he was cool with Ryan, but maybe not the rest of the crew. Well, that makes sense. But yeah, season 12, they hung out. It was Jake's birthday. It was somebody. But yeah, they were hanging out. And then... Um, I didn't see this on my own, but MASHFAN had a picture of the season 14 guys for Steve's birthday with no Chris. And that was surprising because Chris is on good terms with the rest of them, but maybe he was busy. I actually thought I saw a picture of all of the season 14 guys, maybe somewhere else. And I was actually really happy that all five of them could hang out because I'm like, it's been a long time since uh, a whole season of guys could get together. Oh, okay. Yeah. The one I saw had no Chris. So yeah. Um, Amelia did have a picture. She's never said anything again about the divorce or dating or whatever, except the last time when I told you guys that she was a little cozy with a guy and she had a picture of herself and a guy on vacation in Hawaii. He was pretty cute. He was. And then, so then she posted video of her and this guy on their vacation doing like balance work. It was actually pretty cool. He must be like a partner of hers that he could do this. Uh. Like balancing on his feet and then like switching positions, like very acrobatic. Um, So John and Dr. Jessica went on a road trip. They came over to my side and they were recently in D.C. Lots of road trips because um, Jamie and Doug started their RV road trip and they 
also stop by in DC because I think someone asked if they ran into each other, but I don't think so. <laughs> so she was doing some, I, I don't know, it's this video editing, I think they do it on TikTok, where she and her kid maybe like jump into a box and they did it in front of the White House. And I was like, this is odd. I mean, don't get me wrong. People do weird things in front of the White House all the time, but I, I it was strange. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Um, Chris posted pictures of himself at Magic City with dollar bills on the floor, captioning, just getting started. For those who don't know, Magic City is like a popular strip club. Um in Atlanta. But then Chris does very weird things because there's also someone taking a video of him walking into a Hawks game and then he's capturing a floor seat. I just, they're very strange things to display his alleged wealth. Like when he bought a car, <laughs> he gives us a whole caption and a whole history lesson and now he has a Porsche or something. I don't know, but very strange behavior. I don't know, but yeah. Just to be clear, this is Chris from Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that's um, a math's name. So, <laughs> And yes, it's, I don't know. People are so strange. We're going to talk about more about what we present on social media, but I don't know. There's this, I know there's a whole like idea that you have to show how well you're doing all the time on social media. And maybe to certain people that looks good, but to me, it just looks tacky as hell. The people I know who are doing really, really well, they're not boasting about it on social media. Yeah. Well. Um, got a glimpse of Karen and Miles having fun. They road trip to North Carolina for a concert. Um, Michaela posted lyrics of a Jill Scott song. The Scott the name is the song is called He Loves Me. I don't know if she just really likes the song or if she's dropping a hint that there's a man who loves her. But just sharing with you guys. Um, Shawnee celebrated her 34th birthday. We had a lovely listener share a picture. She ran into Jamie and Beth in South Carolina in Charleston and they got pictures and it looks like they were nice and sweet. And I say this because there was a time on couples cam where Jamie and Beth were on the beach and someone, you know, asked a fan, I guess, was trying to speak to them. And she's all like, we're trying to hang out. And I'm like, okay, like you're not at that level yet. Like you should just be happy. People want to talk to you. <laughs> um, and then finally, um, Rachel D'Alto, a former expert, was sharing an audition tape saying like she's very particular about what she does on TV now, but this one aligns with her values and she's auditioning for it and she's excited for things to come. So I don't know if we're going to see her on TV, but if it is another reality show, I'm just, what is going to be the difference? But that's just me. So that's it for our former couples. I do want to share a message that we got from a listener named Susan who was sharing like, you know, she lives in Boston and she said Steve is a type in Boston that she's sure that he has money saved for him to live comfortably, but could he sustain the family if Noy's job is gone? Probably not. Does he own a home? Can he take her on vacation? Not likely. And she's saying, having lived in Boston with a Steve in quotes, she'd be stressed like Noi because he's not communicating. And this was before this episode, this week's episode. He's not communicating his vision of the financial future. He's not showing motivation. He's laid back, but not showing his finances to show why. And that's not sustainable in Boston. Like, why should she work all day while he takes naps? That that would be so hard to take. 
Um, and the thing is, she also said that Noi is from Connecticut. I know we knew she was from out of town, but I don't know if we knew exactly where she was. And that Noi and Steve are pretty reserved for Boston couples. That Mark and Lindsay and Olajuwon and Katina are a better representation of the norm in relationships in Boston. Which is kind of scary to hear because that's very volatile. But thank you for sharing. What did you think, Aid? I just, I would, I want all the people of Boston to weigh in. (laughs) (laughs) I have many, many thoughts on the Steve situation, which of course we'll get into during the episode. But I really lean into the whole, like, it's it's somewhat normal to be bitter that you have to work and someone else is taking midday naps. (laughs) In your presence. In your presence. Yes. Yes. I can see that. Um, one thing I didn't mention was Jessica from DC and her sister ran a marathon and, you know, it was like a picture that they showed and they all said were all three women. It was two of them and their friend less than five months postpartum and kudos for them because marathon running is running in general is hard. I was just telling aid when she was over, like, I've always wanted to be a runner. Like I've done everything I can. I joined a running club just to learn how to run, if that's even a thing. But I got so sick, I had to have surgery. So I was like, it's a sign. I'm not meant to be a runner. But this is a segue because I want to shout out two of our listeners who ran marathons last weekend. Um, Shout out to Larry for running the marathon. Um, Congratulations on that. Because again, running, I'm just in awe of everyone who runs. And shout out to Marianne who ran in Paris, actually. So congrats, guys. Like, I'm just bowing down to you guys <laughs> congratulations <laughs> i did run i was a runner person for one year and that's really like stretching it i did complete a half marathon i don't think i've run like a mile since and that was like four years ago <laughs> <laughs> um one last thing olivia from new orleans is apparently starting a true crime podcast called T- check the locks when I heard this news, I was like, are we suffering a shortage of true crime podcasts? <sighs> um, <laughs> no, we are not, but good luck to her. That's interesting. Yeah, someone should check it out when it's out and let us know how it is. Is she doing it by herself? I think she, no, she's doing it with somebody. Okay. Who it's, the interesting thing is that there's so many true crime podcasts that it probably is a good idea to start another one because people love them. I don't listen to a single one. <laughs> Do you? I mean, not like religiously. It's like if there's one that's like popping or I've heard word of mouth about it, I'll listen to the series and wrap it up in the six episodes and then that's it. But not like a weekly one I listen to every week. Same. Like I was thinking about, I have done a couple of like, uh, like series, but not, yeah. no, not listening to a weekly murder podcast. So, Aid, what did you think about this week's episode? So boring. I mean, <laughs> I get that this is maths, but I don't really enjoy sitting around for two hours watching people talk about their feelings. I think this is the point where the episode truly, truly could be one hour. Like, just make it one hour, do after party what an hour early. And honestly, I just want them to see if their ratings would be a little bit higher if it's earlier. Because... 
it's so boring because they're all fighting and saying the same thing. All the fights are the same. All the complaints are the same. And we're at the point where we're inundated with, what are you going to do? Are you going to say, yes, I don't know. If we don't do this, then I don't know if we can make it through it. Like, it's just, we know we can write the script at this point. (laughs) And then the hidden camera drama wasn't even good drama. It was just like, okay, hidden camera, big deal. Yeah. Oh, well, we're still going to tell you guys. I mean, there were a couple good arguments in there. I mean, to preview, if we did a top five fight on Patreon, and if I had to do it again, I would probably include Mark and Lindsay's from this episode. Really? (laughs) It was a classic in my opinion. Yeah. So let's get into it. Um, we got a little round robin, Katina and Olajuwon talking about, he said to her, I love our marriage and I'm happy I met you. I think that was from last week. Noy and Steve living together, their whole discussion, they replayed that. And then Lindsay and Mark, you're not invested. They replayed that. Pastor Cal tells us that this episode, he and Dr. Pepper will sit down with each spouse. Which we're like, okay, that's good. You guys are going to sit down. And a little little placard that says we're 17 days until decision day. Getting closer and closer. Pastor Kyle says that our couples are fully immersed in daily life. And I'm like, okay, is that news? Or haven't they been fully immersed since they got back from the honeymoon like three weeks ago? <laughs> okay, okay. We see Jasmina... Um, say that they're in a good place and in a good space and it feels amazing. They've promised to give 100%, so we'll see. Um, everybody gets to do a selfie cam before they go talk. And this is this is the stuff that just feels like filler. Like, no one said anything interesting on those selfie cams. Can I make a confession? Go for it. I, the way I watch maths, I fast forward all the previews until I see that it's all or nothing. And the two <laughs> things hold each other's hands. And then I start. I don't watch any of the round robins. Because they're just repeating the same thing. And them saying the selfie cam or whatever. I start with when they show the card for the first couple. Then I start. And I'm like, okay, the episode started. Because it's all filler. It really is. And then the experts doing their talking heads where they talk about nothing. We'll try. I'm, I mean, we, we should probably not be. What's next? But it's the truth. Noise says some things to the selfie camera about they need to, it's hard to communicate effectively. And for her to make the right decision, they need to be honest about what they want. And she needs clear answers. The irony. Mark says it's been a difficult week for both of them. Navigating a healthy relationship in this marriage is where they're both trying to get to. Every week is a difficult week for both of them. When do they have easy weeks? Never, because they're incompatible. (laughs) <laughs> our first real scene is katina and larger one at the grocery store i would like to take this moment to say that i think we're being lied to i have a strong suspicion that this scene was shot weeks ago mm-hmm. i remember the new orleans season someone did some deep diving about when karen and miles went to the grocery store and they had it down to karen's hairstyle and her nails how the timeline was off. I'm not going to go that deep with this, but I think that Katina and Olajuwon shot this grocery store thing weeks ago. 
Okay, that's fair. The only reason I'm doubting it is because at this point, whenever it was shot, it had to be enough time for him to draw conclusions on her cooking because he alluded to that oh, a lot. Like, oh, you've done this. Oh, you said that about this, but yo, your cooking is not that, you know, whatchamacallit. So he, it had to have been like an extended period of time for him to make or have all those, you know, conclusions about her, whatever meals that she cooked. Yes, but um, at a certain point, it sounds like it's been implied through after party and whatnot that Elijahwan has stopped his whole you must cook for me bullshit. Um, whether he really stopped, we don't know, but it seems like he did. And I feel like he was still in that mode when they went on the shopping trip. But by the time they got to their sit down week, he was not still there. And they threw this scene in there for the fun of it. Um, Really? I mean, I feel like we're dragging this on, but oh, I didn't know that he he wasn't there by their sit down. I think he was still there. I got the impression that he stopped the whole thing. He said when his mom told him to, and I just thought it was like way, it might even be after closer to decision day. So anyways, he said, she said, ooh, Elijah one doesn't like that. But <laughs> so, so they're in the grocery store. She asks if he likes hot fudge. He says, depending on what she's trying to do with it joke about chicken bones this is clearly a high-end grocery store by the way Olajuwon says he's traditional so he wants her to cook it's something that he would have to guide her they don't eat the same because she'll come back with a bunch of stuff that he doesn't want from the grocery store they have riveting conversation about cooking and she says we should have a cook-off and I don't know um I I was just irritated about the whole thing. First of all, we're starting with food shopping, but it's just his whole demeanor through the whole thing. If you're right and they recorded that a while back, that makes sense because that's where his headspace was at. But it's like, even with the grocery shopping, he was being controlling. Like at this point, it's so difficult to find a redeeming quality because everything seems to be like a test for her. Can you do this? Can you cook this? Okay, I don't trust you. Oh, I'm going to do this. Like it doesn't even seem like a collaborative thing. It just always feels like he's hovering over her shoulder to do something right. Exactly. And then Katina makes a comment about how he only knows how to make breakfast. So how is he going to tell her how to make the chicken? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) When they leave the store, he says, let's go so I can beat up on you with the fried chicken. Poor choice of words. (laughs) Lindsay, then we get to Lindsay and Mark. We're clearly seeing them in the middle of an argument Again. Again. (laughs) She is yelling at him again. Well, I hate to say yelling because she's actually not yelling. She's forcefully saying, all I (laughs) asked of you was consistency from the beginning. She's drained. I need consistency. Mark says he's told her the things that he needed to. And she says, no. And then he's like, I haven't told you. And she says, you haven't been consistent. I was like, okay, but that's uh, anyway. He says he wants healthy communication and she wants consistency. And she says consistency is healthy communication. Talking to her is healthy communication. Mark asserts himself, I think, very well. He says, that's what's healthy for you. But the way you speak to me isn't healthy for me. In an interview, Mark says he's not a quitter, but the past five weeks with Lindsay has been tough. And then they go over how last night they had an argument and the whole, like, her trying to touch him and him being like, don't grab me. Um, 
I'm like, so are we supposed to understand that this argument is really just a continuation of last night's argument? Like you guys calmed it down enough to take pictures with the cats and then you just went right back to it. <laughs> I mean, he broke it down for us last week. He was like, if we have to do an activity, then she'll be fine. And then she'll come right back to it. <laughs> I'm just not a fan of these ultimatum questions that Lindsay does. I just... Uh, Emotional blackmail is what I choose to call it because it's like, do you want me here or no? Do you want me like say what you want and let him decide what he wants, but don't put him under the gun to be like, you know, yes or no. From our perspective, their arguing style seems to just be her badgering him about how terrible he is while he says, I don't like the way you're talking to me. So it just, it never seems to get to even what they're, the con- the consistency argument um and he says that he tries to be calm and maintain order in the conversation so it's healthy and positive but then you know she just goes back to thing so she keeps on asking what are you going to do for me mark he's like it's all about what i don't do for you she says at this point she is given everything and then she starts crying and yelling about how all she asked for was consistency and someone who wasn't rigid and someone who would make her feel appreciated and cared for someone who wouldn't walk away from her and then she yells at him some more about his inconsistency she says that he gives her affection and pulls away then you tell me i'm so sorry i've done that i'll be better you say you'll talk to me before bed but then you will post on instagram and message your friends before you message your wife back before bed i'm like why does he need to message you back if you guys are living in the same house unless you're not living in the same house (laughs) (laughs) it's hard not to frame this conversation as like a Lindsay attack with a mark response Yeah, because, okay, don't get me wrong. Lindsay has valid complaints. It's just the delivery. If it's not working for him and he said it so many times, how about you try a different way so that if you do it his way, no one can fault you for your delivery because now the conversation has just shifted to your delivery. (laughs) It really has. And he gets, because of all of her ultimatums, he gets kind of the last word a little bit because he says that he's trying his hardest to deal with someone who's difficult for him. And he thinks that she's doing the best she can with someone who's difficult for her. And I'm, he says, he's sorry that I'm not what you wanted, which is very much, um, it's a good thing to say when you have immutable characteristics that you know are incompatible. Mm. But it's also a cop-out for taking any action to do anything differently. You could just be like, sorry, I'm not what you wanted. Yeah. I mean, it's also factual. I just, it's an impasse. And I know, I keep saying it. I, I think the two things are true, no matter how much they sound contradictory. I do think they have all the elements to work together on paper and the things that they wanted and all that. But the way they express themselves, they are incompatible. So it seems like there's a no-go. But if they could all just take time for... I'm not even going to say a week. One day, let's practice what the other wants and see how that goes. You tell me what you want by saying, hey, Mark, I'd really like it if you did not. You're terrible. You're a bad husband. You don't show me this. You're not a consistent. You're ruining my clothes. And then you, Mark, when she says something, don't try to crawl into the chair far, far away from her. (laughs) Give her some reassurance and just be like, oh, okay, whatever. And then see what that brings out of the other 
And maybe you guys don't operate. They're both operating out of their traumas. And it's just, just bad. So to end their argument, because all good things have to come to an end. <laughs> her next thing is that he doesn't respect her. You don't value me. You don't respect me. I don't feel like you care for me. I don't feel like you show up for me. And then she leaves, which ends this thing. And the lyric that is playing. Play with playing with fire. You're going to get burned. <laughs> I mean, what is a Mark and Lindsay fight if Lindsay doesn't say I don't feel valued? Really? I, it's very difficult to watch these fights and just not feel a whole lot of sympathy for Mark. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're incompatible. They don't communicate well. They, I don't, I'll say this till the day I die. He hates her. <laughs> it's yeah. very bad to watch someone beg for love from someone who does not like them at all. Yeah. But it's also more difficult because this person who doesn't like them at all keeps insisting that they do. <laughs> and I feel like it, it's just one of those things where someone should have given up a long time ago. You can see Mark trying to give her the opportunity to do it because he won't do it. But at the end of the day, they just come back to argue some more. They both just want to be loved. Like I said, I think they're operating from their traumas. So they're just... What if, you know, one last is that little bit of hope? Because Lindsay's always bluffing. He always calls her a bluff and then she folds. <laughs> so he's like, you can leave if you want to. And then she'll just be like, no, 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 I'm here. I'm staying. I'm staying. And, she, and he's like, dang it. It didn't work again for me to get rid of you. No, but if I had to put money on it, there's a higher chance of Mark leaving than Lindsay. Like, Lindsay is like all in because, again, she has had all the opportunity to leave. You're right that Lindsay is not going to leave despite, but I I think there's a part, I don't, I know you, they're operating from their traumas, but I think that there's a, I mean, I think Lindsay is controlling and it's a, she would not leave because then she would lose control of him. Yeah. And she, it's more fun, not more fun, but it's more in alignment for her to threaten to leave, to get him to do something than to actually just leave. Eh, emotional manipulation, but oh well. All right, so everybody gets to meet up with Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal. I was very interested in who got who in which relationship. Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper say they want to make sure they're dealing with lingering issues. I'm like, oh, whatever. Noi is with Pastor Cal and Steve is with Dr. Pepper. And they're both in like really nice settings. Like Noi and Pastor Cal meet up by the water and Steve is with Dr. Pepper. It looks like at a brewery. It's really beautiful outside. It's very funny because Noyes seems to be dressed for the weather. And then Pastor Cal is in a full suit. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> quite match. He was dressed for the job. Um, and it, look, it looks like it's hot there. Like they're clearly filming in the summer. So Steve sits down with Dr. Pepper and he says he's nervous to talk about the issues and he and Dr. Pepper's cheers and Dr. Pepper says the beer is delicious. Um, Dr. Pepper says that they're here to catch up and find out what questions need to be answered. So we actually um, switch to Pastor Cal and Noy and they talk about social media. And Pastor Cal tries to tell her that social media can be beneficial but it can cause a world of hurt when you're not communicating before you post. He's seen couples do extremely well, 
but one little thing can screw them up and throw the whole thing off. So we go back to Steve and Dr. Pepper, and he says the same social media. Like, she made a post about feeling that this is not enough for her, and he made it clear that social media is, like, not where they need to go with their problems. And he says he talked to his sister-in-law about it, and it creates unease, and she's breaking a rule or a boundary. I kind of thought it was interesting that he used a rule before he said boundary. Like, rules mm-hmm. are for children, boundaries are for relationships. Um, <laughs> I, I will say, because of the coincidence of both of them discussing the social media, I did wonder if Steve filmed first. And he complained about it. And then that was an angle that Pastor Kyle brought up with Noi. I just didn't know if they filmed at the same time or if someone filmed first. And this goes for the rest of the couples too. There were just certain things that seemed specific that I don't know if one person filmed first and they used that as, you know, how they were going to center the conversation with the other person that they spoke to next. Yeah, I wonder if that happened. I also think that they because they have their notes and their reports, if they already have a list of topics that they know they're going to discuss. Yeah. But you also know that someone like Noah is not going to bring up social media. So you have to bring it up naturally <laughs> at some point. Cause to her, she's just doing what she needs to do. And that would be a thing for Steve. So, cause he was the one who brought it up. So if she doesn't bring it up, how would he say, Oh, that's something that bothered. Who knows? But yeah. Just something I wonder. Dr. Pepper says that the, social media stuff is fear-based that Noi basically is scared and she should be able to talk to you. So we have to figure out how to make her less afraid. I am a little bit floored. (laughs) I think there's truth in it. Like I think non-confrontational people are really the worst people (laughs) because no one needs to play these guessing games. So Pastor Cal says to Noi, like, what are the insecurities that you need to talk about? And they talk about finances. Can you get a job? Can you hold down a job? How are we going to provide for our children? Pastor Cal asks if the marriage is in danger. And Noi says it is because she's scared. And he needs to understand that it's a need, not a want. And she needs to feel secure. So that's one of her questions. So Pastor Cal is like, have you asked him? <laughs> and Noi's like, uh, never asked him about that. <laughs> so bizarre. I was just like... <laughs> I don't, here's my thing with Noi. Again, I I admit it. I am fully team Steve. We don't know this man. All we know is what they've shown us on TV. She knows him better. But nothing about all the clips we've seen makes me think that Steve is irresponsible. I just don't know why she's getting that. Maybe, again, there's something she's seeing that we don't see. But I just don't see this man who they've always said is very rational decide like i want to have kids with you i wanted to but you know what we're gonna figure out how to feed these kids from thin <laughs> air like i there's nothing about him that gives me that impression that i don't know why you took the chance to marry a stranger give him the benefit of the doubt and then just don't have kids with him until he proves you like enjoy your marriage now like say yes and then you can divorce after i don't know i just i don't understand it I think my my lack of understanding is because I I don't know if like oh just trust that he has money. Yes, he seems responsible, but his own father called him a vagabond, <laughs> which doesn't like imply security. I guess my issue is like why can't you ask questions or why can't you say what your deal breakers are in context? 
why are you posting on the socials? That doesn't help. Because on top of the fears, which may be valid, but if you're not having conversations, because when Pastor Kyle asked her, and she's like, no, I've never asked him. Are you really scared though? Because how about you ask? Steve is very forthcoming. Again, it's not like he's the kind of person that isn't communicative, that isn't going to like answer your questions or anything. I just, it's a weird dynamic. And I don't know how much of it is edit and how much of it is noy and how much, how much 2% of it is Steve. Because I'm not giving that man any blame. So I think the next part is where you and I had agreement that this is like nuts because Dr. Pepper is like, what may be causing her fear is that you haven't gotten a job and a job might make her feel good about you as an economic partner. And she needs to pill stability. <laughs> and you need to ask her like, what do you need to feel secure? Steve says that he wants to create an environment of tools and trust where she could express it and deal with our issues he did say it sets off alarms and it could only get worse from here because this doesn't fit his vision of how it's supposed to be. <laughs> Which I'm like, married at first sight. This whole situation <laughs> doesn't fit his vision of how it's supposed to be. I mean, it has to be frustrating talking to someone who you're speaking plain English and just looking <laughs> at you with dead eyes like, what are you saying? <laughs> he said, but his closing line is actually a classic. Um, it makes him feel taken advantage of and it makes this whole like job thing makes him feel like a machine to facilitate someone else's desires. I feel like that's a bit too deep for getting a job, but I do kind of get it. Like if you want to live a certain life and then someone in your ear who's like, you know, you're worthless unless you go get a job. Am I getting a job because I want to get a job or am I getting a job because I'm here to make sure that you have what you want in life? Yeah, because if your concerns are about the children, about the bills, and I've told you repeatedly, and I've shown you, I, I keep saying shown because he said he's putting three times or three or four times worth. What more do you want? At this point, they've known each other. How many, What week are we on in their marriage? Five. Okay. Five or six. We're on, we're on week five. I'm not opening my account book to show you nothing right now. <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> but I'm telling you, and like I said, that's why I'm saying like, Doing married at first sight requires like blind trust, I guess, or a leap of faith. So if you've made that leap of faith, just right now, enjoy getting to know the person while still having those fears. And I'm going to repeat it again. Noi has a valid fear, but I'm just saying like, I feel like Steve is showing enough that he's a responsible person. But again, maybe I'm biased. I don't know. I just think she hasn't, uh, sometimes I'm like, has she not asked the right questions or there's no, is there no answer that will satisfy her besides getting a job? Man, this man going to get a job and she's going to say it's not enough. I don't know. I really think it's actually the second. I feel like even, yeah, she has decided that the solution to the problem is that he gets a job. Yeah. But he's no. like, but my unemployment is not a problem. So yeah. it's just, yeah. Noi is very um, tunnel visioned. It's like she has an idea in her mind and there's no other, there's no option A, B, or C. It's just that way or the highway. And then that's it. And then she gets on her social media to passively, aggressively talk about it. It's not about it, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to take a break. All right. And we're back with Katina being nervous about meeting the experts 
she's saying that she doesn't like talking to the experts. And I was like, that is something, seeing as you're the one who needs it the most. That is just a lot, you know, talking about feelings all day. Hey, aid your tribe. (laughs) (laughs) So she tells Pascal all that has been happening. And Pascal has to put in the disclaimer that, you know, they keep informed and they tell them everything that's going on. And he fills her in on the stories about how Olajuwon embarrassed her and how, you know, he doesn't talk to her respectfully. Oh, I forgot to add that they were they met at some, it looked like a park bench, but it's not a park. They met at a park bench and then they sat so far away from each other on the park bench. I was like, <laughs> are you two in different planets? <laughs> so he says that there's a reason a person does stuff like that. And this is the time to find out the things about him because he has had some hard times. Um, all right. He's not allowed to talk about his family on TV. So I don't know. Is she going to get a different story from us? Or we're not going to get the full story about the hard times. Do we know any hard things that he's gone through that he shared with us? Not a one. (laughs) And I really don't like the idea that if someone has gone through hard times, it's okay to scream in someone's face, but moving on. (laughs) So he tells her to ask him if there are things that he hasn't shared. Then he asks her how she feels about their intimacy. Katina says her usual rehearsed speech of how they're definitely attracted to each other. And Pascal stops her and is like, how do you know he's attracted to you? <laughs> Which I thought was shady. <laughs> <laughs> and she jokes that, you know, I thought you didn't want details because he was like, you don't have to get into details. But she gives an example of how she's getting ready in the bathroom and he walks by and taps her butt or kisses her neck. But then she seems unsure and asks him and is like, does that sound like attraction? I'm like, girl. <laughs> so Pascal says, but that hasn't led to anything. And she says, no, that, you know, there's a certain feeling she's waiting to have. And she wants to be certain of those feelings rather than becoming dick dizzy. Pascal is like, come again, what? I was also like, come again, what? Listen, I've heard about dickmatized. I've just never heard the phrase dick dizzy. But she explains- Sometimes you get these signs that you are not <laughs> hip to the lingo. <laughs> and Katina gave us one of those. I don't think, I stand by it that I don't think that's a popular thing. If anyone can tell us if that's a Boston thing, but I promise you that I don't think, I think we tweeted about this last night and everyone was like, they hadn't heard about that too. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know if it was like maybe a thing in her circle of friends, the alliteration of it all, but I I, I want to bet my money that it's not a popular <laughs> One, <laughs> but she explains that dick disease when the sex is so good that the lust takes over and you can't think with a clear mind. Um, going back though, what we, we we've talked about this before, so it's going to be a quick question. Elijah one keeps saying that them not having sex is his choice. She keeps saying that you know it'll be hard for her not to get there until the end and blah blah blah. And then now she's saying. She just wants to have a clear feeling. Do you think this is something they've talked about? Like, why are they not having sex? Like, why are their stories not aligning? There's so I don't have a definite answer for why their stories are not aligning. Either they're lying, which I actually think is the least likely option. Um, I think he has made a decision that they're not going to have sex. And as with all things, he has somehow convinced her that, it's, that she's on board. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that's my theory. So Pascal tells her after her explanation of dick dizzy that in marriage, lust is good 
And the only reason you would have caution in dating is because you don't know for sure if this will work. Have to disagree with Pastor Cal in this one because this is a unique situation. Yeah, they're married, but they're still getting to know each other. Plus, in eight weeks, which they always beat over their head, they don't know if it's going to work. So what is he saying? They do this weird thing, the experts, where they act like the guaranteed outcome is that these people are supposed to stay together. They (laughs) never make space for the idea that these two people do not belong together for whatever reason. Very strange. So he asks her if she has doubts. And she says, yes, that she's used to relationships just ending for whatever reason. And it's in the back of her head that nothing lasts forever. I found this relatable. I used to do this back when I was dating. Like I'll date someone and I'll be like, so how long do I think this is going to end? I'm going to plan an end date. I'm like, okay, let's just ride the wave till it ends. Very terrible. Do not recommend. So I think Dr. Pepper later on calls that forecasting. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It is. And then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, might I add. So <laughs> she tells us that, you know, she's guarding her heart like anyone would do. So Pascal says that if you see an out in a relationship, then it would end for some reason. And that's a single mindset, not a married mindset. Guys, this is where Pascal messes with me. Like, I just... Every time Pastor Cal gives advice, it just always sounds like a sprinkling of misogyny in there. Because it's always present. This is the thing about if, I'm sorry, Pastor Cal is a bit of a misogynist. Ergo, his advice has a sprinkle of misogyny. What is this single mindset, married mindset? You're acting like this person didn't meet someone at the altar. So she's being cautious. This man has screamed at her. And you're telling her like, it's a single mindset? Ah, Pastor Cal, come on. So then he says. Why is it that an expert will never encourage caution? They have substituted their personal opinion of how they feel about the people that they picked to do this. And they cannot seem to move away from the idea that they might have made a bad pick and that it might even cause harm to somebody else because they're just here in service of keeping these two knuckleheads together. Yeah, they just, you know, concerned about their success rate so they can high five each other at the end. Um, Pascal says that he still believes that they haven't had sex because there's doubt. And she's not in it neck deep. <laughs> All right. Um, Dr. Pepper is with Elijah now. So Dr. Pepper gets another drink. And I'm like, I wonder if this is the same day or if she's getting non-alcoholic drinks. But it looked like water from another angle. Because I don't think she's drinking all those beers in the same day. <laughs> um, but then she tells us that she's been getting reports on how harshly Olajuwon speaks to Katina. And this could be the dynamic of their marriage, but intention is everything. And she needs to know where he's coming from when he's tough with her. Sounds reasonable. Dr. Pepper asks him how things are going. Olajuwon pulls off a la Eric, how good they are, how they have so many things in common, and that she cares for him. I don't know if you've noticed, Abe, but when Olajuwon gets on the Katina praise rant, he always is sure to mention that she cares for him. Does he always ensure to say that he cares for her? Yeah, he adds that later on when he realizes he said that. Then he goes, ah, and of course, I care for her too. But he says (laughs) that a lot. (laughs) So she asks what improvements he would like to see in his marriage to make make them closer and better. And Olajuwon just keeps going, like, you know, just keep being you, Katina. Keep being vulnerable because that's so important for him to see her broken down. 
Keep expressing who you are. Show me you're solid. Show me I have a partner. And then he says, um, he says something and he's like, whenever he says something, he just wants Katina to have an opinion from her. And sometimes he feels like she says what she thinks he would like to hear. And then he brings up the dating app and says that she wasn't using it, whew, but it was scary because that should have been gone before she put a ring on her finger. Dr. Pepper brings it up and says there was something she was upset about, which is they were all lovey-dovey at the dinner. And from nowhere, he's like, there's something I'm upset about in front of everyone. And then they play a flashback that I am pretty damn sure we have never seen before. Because it's the dinner... But then I don't think I've heard him say that he feels like he's been fiddled and fooled with and he doesn't want to address it on camera because this could get ugly real quick. What? I'm just like, that's a very strange thing for him to say. Yes. But yes, I was like, I don't think we've seen this before. But yeah, it was a flashback on there. So was it understood that that was that clip was before the whole do you want me to say it? I don't know. We couldn't tell. Or was it after? Exactly. I don't know. And I'm like, don't show us flashbacks of things we've never seen before because it's not a flashback. (laughs) (laughs) But then we yell at them when they show flashbacks for doing filler. So thank you for showing us something new. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I don't know what we want, but eh. (laughs) So then Dr. Pepper asks, you know, what about how you talk to her? She says her impression is that he talks down to her. While Dr. Pepper is saying all this, she is not giving Olajuwon eye contact. She is looking at the grass or looking at her feet. I don't know. Olajuwon says, do I get upset? Absolutely. Do I get stern? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll take full credit. Um, Don't think you mean to say credit, son. You mean to say <laughs> I'll take full responsibility for being that. <laughs> no credit for that. But then he I, says... I mean, this will keep on happening, but this whole attributing your um, abusive behavior to your passion for life. I'm not a fan. Yeah. I mean, everyone seems to be validating him. So, hey, every week there's more people just saying, I mean, last week coach was like, you know, you know how you get, you know, we all get passion. I'm like, it's not okay. And it's It's not passion. It's rudeness. Screaming in someone's face is not passion. It's disrespectful. Anyways. So, anyway, he says, but then he says, do I talk down to her and make her feel belittled? Absolutely not. So then she asks him, "Um, have you apologized for embarrassing her? He says, of course, of course, of course, of course. Uh, Because Elijah says things in multiples, if you haven't noticed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Dr. Papa says that she has heard that he told her that she has no life skills, she's behind him in maturation, and Olajuwon gets so agitated. He says, anyone who has anything to say can say this to my face, and I'm really bothered about this, that this is his life, and it's not funny. Dr. Pepper is like, it's not funny to me either, (laughs) and I just want to know your side. (laughs) And then she's like, see, what you're doing is you're trying to point it out to make me look like the bad guy, and I'm bothered. And if she feels that way, and that I treat Katina that way, then she should say no on decision day. I've said it before, and it's not necessarily like the best thing, but Pascal is the only person that should be assigned to a larger one. I, I did, make of it what you will, but I just feel like he would receive better. We've seen how he reacts to stuff when it comes from Pascal. Um, 
But the fact that you need Pastor Cal to tell you these things and him, him and only him is the one that confronts, that is like a deficit in your personality. Yeah. If you can only take advice from someone who looks, and I'm not saying like, especially in therapy, it can be very important to have like someone who looks at you like you, who has your life experiences. That That's important. I'm not like dismissing that, but Dr. Pepper pointing out things to you and you just not being able to just say, you know, I'll take that under advisement and moving on. Instead, you've got to get all hyphy. Like that's a, a, a deficit in your personality. But there's many deficits in a larger one's personality. Yeah, I just, I don't know why he got so agitated because she didn't accuse him. He kept saying that she was being accusatory. And we'll talk about more about this because he was a guest on After Party. And I didn't see it that way. She was very clear about, I just want to know your side. And honestly, I keep saying this, roll the damn tape. Like, bring out the iPad, let's watch it. And then that way, it's not he said, she said, because that was what he seemed to be aggy about, was he said, who's saying anything? I'm like, the producers? Like, duh. Like, <laughs> I, who do you think is... <laughs> that one was like, there are cameras, there are producers, you know they get reports. Every time you've had one of these incidences, there has been a full camera crew in your house. What do you, what do you mean? Who says? <laughs> so it got tense real quick. Elijah one tells us that Dr. Pepper doing the he said, she said thing. So wild to me that he's saying he said, she said, like other couples are telling her stuff and saying that he's not here for his marriage is a spit in his face. I was just like, how was that the message he got? Like, where did she say he wasn't here for his marriage? Like, unless we were shown two different things, I don't understand. Dr. Pepper is very unfazed and asks him how he would talk to her that doesn't feel demeaning. <laughs> and Elijah one <laughs> says, okay, it was week one, week two, and he was talking about cooking and he doesn't feel that way now. That now she has shown that he can hold... um her own and he was using the wrong strategy first of all that's a lie because this uh, was like their one month anniversary correct and what is strategy <laughs> well i won't fault him for that he just meant like the way he chose to talk to his wife so he thought that if you talk about the things that bother you it will make things better a larger one yes it does make things better when you are talking to not at <laughs> <laughs> with decibels higher than normal. But he has learned that his wife doesn't work that way and she works the opposite and it took him a while to catch on. He says that his heart is full for Katina and the process has made not just him, but his wife grow up. Still throwing digs. (laughs) (laughs) So when they have these conversations away from everybody, it's the realest conversation and they don't dwell and it's a fresh start. So then she asked him, if tomorrow was decision day, what would you say? And he's like, I don't want to give an answer. But if she says no, I'll definitely be sad. And then the scene ended and I would give to be a fly on the wall to see what the vibe was when the scene was done. (laughs) (laughs) So then we move on to Steve and Noi. Noi and her lackluster vibe asked Steve how his chat with Dr. Pepper was. And he says it went really well. And Noah's just sitting there. She just looks, she has a stank face on. Like she she's not smiling anymore. I don't know if it's just me. Like she just always looked like she's smelling something nasty and she doesn't want to be there and she's annoyed. 
Every time she and Steve have to have one of these one-on-one conversations where they confront their problems, that is her face. I don't know. I don't know if it's because she doesn't want to do it at all or she doesn't want to do it in front of the cameras, but she's just like, I don't, I don't, this is not pleasant for me. <laughs> to use Olajuwon's word, I think the new strategy, maybe they should try DMing each other since she's all good <laughs> with the social media. You can just DM their problems. So she asked um, if they talked about things that they've talked about or questions that he has. And he says a little bit of both. He brings up the social media and how upsetting it was to him. And Noi says, which one? And I'm like, hold (laughs) up. (laughs) There's more? (laughs) So he asked her, you know, because he's such a level-headed man. Why is it so important to you to broadcast to the world when we are in distress? And she says, "Mm, I can see why you feel that way. Still stank face. She said, that post wasn't really directed at you. And Steve calls BS and says, whether or not it's about me, people will assume that it is about me. Noi seems to be smirking at this point and says that it wasn't about you, but sometimes I feel that way about our marriage. What the hell are you saying, Noi? Liar. So it was about him. (laughs) It just, but she would admit that it was about him. If I was him, I'd walk out right then and there. Either the po- okay, first off, you should have post. Then, if you're gonna post about me, you should be woman enough to admit that it was about me. Oh no, it wasn't about you. But sometimes I feel that way. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Say it with your chest. <laughs> so, Steve says, you know, that's a very hurtful thing to say. And honestly, I don't think she cared. I just, I don't get, I don't understand Noi. As as much as I love Steve, I'm that's how much I'm not a fan of Noi. I just she's not giving. She it's brings to a point where you're like, but Steve, why do you like this person? Again, maybe things that we haven't seen uh, off camera. <laughs> Cause what she's giving is like you as a rational good person, I I don't know. They started off so good, but now they're just like she seems so immature. And so unconcerned about his feelings about anything. It's never about his feelings. It's only about her feelings. She has very strong only child vibes. But she has siblings. Why are you going to dog the only children like that? (laughs) I'm not dogging them. Why are you bringing them into her nonsense? (laughs) Sorry, only children. (laughs) Um, She brings up Hasekawa's advice about social media. And then she says, you know, I get it and I get your point of view, but it's my social media and I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Steve is like, Steve is like befuddled. Like this cannot be real. There, I want, does, does anyone know Noi's birthday? She's acting like a Gemini right now. So Steve is poor like. Gemini's. Poor Gemini's. Poor, poor Gemini. <laughs> First is only children, next is Gemini's. Keep going. No, I stand my ground on Gemini. Sorry guys. Like I, you know, I joke with, I don't joke. <laughs> I always make fun of all the Gemini's in my life. <laughs> so steve is like did you not agree with him she said i did but i'm a separate person from him i'm a separate person from you i'm my own person and i can make my own decisions what okay why didn't she say that to pastor cow when you had she's that not gonna say that to pastor cow she nodded and smiled like yes of course i'll grow the hell up and then she's like no nah, just not Okay. I think so. Like from Noy's perspective, somehow this is about her independence. It's really not. It's about like when you're married, your actions might affect other people. If you want to post whatever you want on social media, don't marry anybody else. 
Listen, if we're going by her logic that she's a separate person and can make her own decisions, darling Steve don't need to get a job. Let's just all <laughs> use her money for whatever money we want to do. Why do you want him to contribute to sushi and to contribute to the future kids if you are your own person and you don't want to respect the little boundary that he asked you to not to post? You're your own person. I'm my own person. And I want to be self-employed, fun-employed, unemployed, whatever Steve is these days. Like, I, this logic was very, very, like, flawed. So Steve is like, I'm not walking away from this conversation feeling comfortable that it won't happen again. And it's not something that I want in a relationship. And Noi just sits there rolling her eyes and pouting. She's like, eh, I guess we have different perspectives. We have to agree to disagree. This is not a Coke is better than Pepsi conversation. I just... This is not where you apply agree to disagree. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I It's not an agree to disagree conversation. Like, I don't know how many times or ways Steve has to say, when you do things, it affects me because we're married. And when you put that stuff out on social media, it affects me because we're married. And if you're upset with me, why can't you just come talk to me? You know, because we're married. None of that seems to be penetrating her tiny skull. How does she define marriage? This is so strange. Someone to have babies with? like <laughs> Three babies. <laughs> oh, So Steve says, I think, sorry, I think Noi wants a husband that fits into her life and life plans, but she doesn't have to do any fitting into. It's also just mature, like growing up. <laughs> I... It's funny that we associate these things with like maturity or age. People are stupid on social media at all ages. All <laughs> ages. <laughs> so Steve says, you know, you're telling the world that I am not enough for you and it doesn't make me feel like we're on the same team. He asked like, what is the more that you think you deserve? Like, can we talk about it? Like, can I provide that for you? And then he asked her directly and she says that, I need a partner that can show that they're financially secure, that he's very relaxed about finances. And how does that make her feel financially secure? And he says, I'm all for making that plan. If we do that, will that make you feel secure? And I've told you this. I've said that Noi, she, I mean, Steve should get a job out of spite just to see if that would be enough for her. And it probably won't be. She's like, eh, it'll take time. He just asked you, what will make you feel secure? You said something that shows that, you know, you can make me financially secure. And he's like, okay, I can show you that. Will that work? And she's like, mm, it'll take time. I don't know. That's because there is no solution to this problem besides him getting a job. Oh my God. <laughs> so <laughs> we move on to Mark. Mark had his meeting with Pasacal and he looks like they were in a building. I don't know where that is. And they talk about Lindsay's delivery. He says the question is, why does she communicate so aggressively to hurt him? Mark says that the energy of their fights remind him of his past experiences. And we see reason number 2,394 to watch the matchmaking special because he tells them about his mom's experience, you know, yelling at his dad out of frustration because she was frustrated with her life. And he says, like, he feels like caring for his mom because she did everything for him. And Pascal asks him, are you afraid of being your dad? And this makes Mark tear up and says he's never been asked that. Um, he never answers the question. But Pascal tells him that Lindsay is not his mom. And she needs the security. 
And if she feels that, then the argument will subside. Pascal is very sure about all these statements that he's making. But he tells him that Mark's expectations will screw him up. Pascal says that by now, they would have both decided that this isn't worth it. He sees Mark's face and says, have you? There's a long pause. And in an Oscar-worthy performance, Mark quietly says, no. <laughs> that man has checked out. He knows it. <laughs> we know it. <laughs> He's not saying it. <laughs> he says he just wants them to be healthy. And Pascal is like, you guys can't be healthy. Mark is not convinced. <laughs> that was the <laughs> end of their... It felt like... Over the past couple weeks, Mark is like, well, I'm not staying with her, but while I'm here, let me use my free therapy to work through my issues (laughs) with my parents, (laughs) which honestly is a good use of your time. Yeah. But I'm like, if he grew up in a household where his mom was constantly screaming at his dad, how dare you people give him Lindsay? (laughs) And if you gave him her, not knowing that she was going to be screaming at him all the time, now that you've watched it, how dare you try to say, oh, you should figure out she's not your mom. If she, That actually really bothered me. You know what? She is. <gasps> oh, fighting words, aid. If, if someone has a behavior that is reminiscent of a parent who you are traumatized by, it doesn't matter that they're two different people. If they do the same behavior, are you supposed to just not be traumatized? Why can't yeah. you just find him someone who doesn't yell all the time? So Why then- should he have to work through that? That's not something he should have to work through. Yeah, because then you're in a perpetual state of trigger. (laughs) You're just going to be triggered every time. Yeah. So next up is Lindsay with Dr. Pepper, and they're both wearing pink jackets. Pink is my favorite color. Um, I didn't love Lindsay's shorts with the blazer, but I do actually like that blazer. Yeah. Um, I thought that they were in a common area of the apartment. Me too. Yeah, and then they go and sit outside. Lindsay makes a joke about knowing not to wear heels because Dr. Pepper is so short, but if they sit down, they're at the same level, so that's great. Um, <laughs> but question, I think my question was answered that it might have been different days because they're having coffee. So I just assumed it was morning. Um, I, I just like, they made this woman wear different, the same clothing on different days. If that's the case. <laughs> I think that would actually be pretty normal for them to make them do that. That's true. When is the next time she's wearing the pink blazer? When she and Mark talk together? Um, who's the last person? Michael? Oh, Dr. Pepper is wearing the pink blazer later in the day. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So, she tells Dr. Pepper that Mark is great, but she sees a pattern, a pattern one of consistency. He's consistently inconsistent, and it feels like whiplash. Then she's like, Lindsay's one of those declarative people. I love everyone fully on day one, but when you lose it, it's gone forever. Okay, then go. (laughs) Dr. Pepper Pepper says, don't forecast. And she asks what forecasting is, which is good because all of us were like, what is forecasting? Um, And she repeats back when you lose it, it's gone forever. Like, if you're not loving me in this moment, it's gone forever. Like, keep things in the present. Hmm. Then she talks, like, Lindsay loves these therapy sessions because she just wants to complain about Mark. Yep. I think she actually enjoys it. She does because she's convinced that he's the problem 
and she doesn't have anything and then she gets to use her therapy lingo that she's rehearsed <laughs> so many times. So her justification for screaming at her husband all the time is that Mark pours into everyone except her and she wants him to reserve his time and his energy for her. Dr. Pepper says that that's a criticism and you need to tell him without talking about how he's such a bum who's betrayed her. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I interpreted what Dr. Pepper said. I'm sorry if you're going to say this, but is this the part where she goes, okay, how do I do this? And then she dramatically moves her coffee mug all the way to the side. Like, I was like, is this like a trade conversation deal? Like, you're going to roll up your sleeves and be like, okay, now talk. I'm like, Lindsay. I don't even know. Like, it's not that Dr. Pepper doesn't give her good advice. Like, Dr. Pepper says, like, you need to ask him questions. Um, that will get you what you want. Edgar is not your friend in this marriage. And she says that anger is a mask for sadness. And Dr. Pepper says you have to reach for the sad because those are like your real emotions. And then she says, and this is to be a little bit out of left field, but I totally believe it's true. She says that she is sad all the time Mm -hmm. and that it's too much to dive into here. Hmm. Like, she feels that there are good moments, but bad things are on top of each other, and it's always been bad things one on top of another. And I was like, this is like a life issue that you had before you left Mark. I mean, met Mark. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, do we think that this is just a sadness? I'm not going to use the word depression. We're not here to diagnose anyone. Is this a sadness issue that she had before she met Mark? And I think the other part of it is, we said it from Jump that Lindsay is look at me, look at me. But all she really wants is love me, love me. Like that love that she didn't get from her mom. And I think she put all her hopes and dreams. That was the one thing we noticed about all the couples this season was like, they really badly wanted to be married. And then to find out or to feel that this might actually not be happening to her feels like another rejection. And Mark is not saying the words, but everything he's doing is screaming, I don't want you. So she's probably having to deal with that and, you know. Yeah. Everything you said is true. But I, you said you would shy away from the word depression. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but if someone says, I am sad all the time, I think that's one of the key indicators that your mental health is not the greatest. Yeah. Um, and I think she needs help beyond what the show could give her. Or, And it's interesting because I don't think, I mean, I think everybody knows depression is not a disqualifier from a successful relationship. Yeah. I don't think Lindsay's sadness is what um, is ruining this marriage. I think they're fundamentally incompatible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Agree. But I also thought it was like, like I said, people want to use their three free therapy. If you're going to drop that bomb on Dr. Pepper, I was kind of annoyed. I wanted Dr. Pepper to pivot into dealing with that issue instead of continuing on. How do I keep these two people married? That's your bad. For having that expectation. It's not an expectation. It's a wish. <laughs> For having that <laughs> wish. <laughs> um, Lindsay talks about her mom. And she said that her mom was quick to cut her down to size. And it really affected her. And if she gets mad, she feels hurt about something she can't change. Dr. Pepper says to go to sadness. Mainly because I think she, doc, in Dr. Pepper's mind, sadness is quieter than than the the anchor 
And then Mark will get yelled at less if she goes to sadness. Well, I kind of agree with her in that when she says the anger is to mask the sadness, it's better for you to tap into the actual thing that's bothering you rather than masking it with something else. Because then everything you're reacting to or the way you react is kind of like not true. Yeah. Yeah. This is where Lindsay goes into delusion land. She says that they, meaning she and Mark, stand a good chance. And he's starting to say that he cares about her and wants to protect her. I'm like, you could be literally a bum on the road, Lindsay, and he would feel the same way because that's kind of who he is. Yep. Dr. Pepper says that you need to put out bids. So you could modify it, but don't shut down anything positive coming your way. So she's supposed to put out bids and he's supposed to put out bids and she's supposed to receive them without going to the sadness or the anger, I guess. So Dr. Pepper gives her a homework assignment of three questions to ask Mark. What does he think love is? Can he define what is an emotional connection? Can he walk away from a disagreement before it gets too ugly or heated? She advises her to give him your emotions in a way that don't invite combat. Those are terrible questions, by the way. I don't know about. Um, I don't. It's hard for me to judge the questions on their own merits because I'm not sure what we're aiming for with Mark and Lindsay. Like, <laughs> I think if they asked questions based on, do I trigger something in you? Like, what style of communication would you receive more? Like, what is the best way for me to express my frustration without me? you know, triggering you or something. I don't know, but how do you define love? What do you, haven't we done that before? They've asked them the love week to ask, what does love mean to you? What does that, it's not helping. That's not what they need right now. Communication is their issue. They're both like on different spectrums of that. So finding out a way, telling them, giving them an assignment, like, you know, for one day, we're not going to do any of our bad habits. If you do that, make it fun, put a dollar in the jar or something. But that would be more helpful to help them with their communication, but to start asking about love and stuff, they're not there. They're not never going to be there. So it's pointless. Um, okay. I, I mean, I do. I find them very entertaining in their dysfunction. I'll give them that. So next up is Jasmina and Michael. Jasmina says that talking to Dr. Pepper will help her make sense of things. And she says she can't wait to hear what Dr. Pepper has to say. Michael says that he has a lot to talk to Pastor Cal about. He's trying his best, but there are things about their marriage that scare him. This is where the gender flip happens. The first two couples, did I have that right? They talk to, the women talk to Dr. Pepper, the men, nope, nope, that's not right. The other way. The women talk to Pastor Cal, the men talk to Dr. Pepper, but now we're doing a switch and Jasmina's talking to Dr. Pepper and Michael's talking to Pastor Cal. Mm-hmm. Um, Jasmina looks amazing in her dress. <laughs> uh, Michael says he has a lot to talk to Pastor Cal about. He's trying his best, but there are things about their marriage that scare him. Michael says it's been a roller coaster, but progress has been made. Dr. Pepper asked how Jasmina's feelings and she said she's glad for once to see an expert and that she can say that they're doing good. And Michael describes how there was a time where he was doing stuff out of obligation 
He didn't feel connect to her, connected to her, but he's a husband and he made these vows. But then he got to the point of liking her and then he wanted to do those things. Pastor Cal says that he wants him to see the progression of doing things and then the feelings come later. And that the same thing will happen with her. Dr. Pepper says she wants to know what is worrying Jasmina, what are the questions she have that are, has that are important. Um, that'll get the husband that you're going to commit to on decision day. Jasmina says she doesn't know enough about his past and his past is the reason is why he is the way he is. And she does stress that she really just needs to know him. Okay. And doc, sorry. Sorry. I, I, I was like, really? What more of the past does she need to know? And I guess, what are you trying to find out in six to eight weeks? What, what, like, you're not going to know his whole life story. We, we hit on one of the most traumatic events of his life. Yeah. And that informed a lot of what I think that's enough to work with for now and let everything else come organically. We all know nothing about you. The most that we know, she talked about with her family. I didn't see her tell him. So I was very curious as to what of this past does she need? Is it past relationship? I don't know. They weren't specific. I mean, I'm still a little bit stuck on the two female roommates. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like fully prepared for her talking about the past. I just need to understand how we got to that apartment. That <laughs> Y'all don't hate me. Do not hate me for what I'm about to say. But honestly, they're the ones who need to have the conversation about finances. That's what would get me is if, He's in an apartment that needs two roommates. And are we able to survive on our own? That's what I would be thinking that she'd want to know. But she said she wants to know his past. And I I wish I knew what past she was referring to. Dr. Pepper says, are you giving him enough support? You have to feel trust before you can talk about your past. Um, Jasmina says that they're different when it comes to trust. Like, with him, you have to earn it. But with her, she's more trust until they give you a reason not to. So they talk about intimacy. And Pastor Cal talks to Michael about, like, have you reached over to trust her? Why haven't you tried? He said they used to kiss goodnight. But then she said she was doing it out of obligation. And she didn't feel compelled. And he said he didn't want to make her do anything out of obligation. And Pastor Cal makes a full circle moment of, like, Sometimes you do things out of obligation, then as you move on, they become things that you actually want to do. And by cutting it off, he basically, like, didn't allow that to happen on her end. Mm, I have thoughts. (laughs) First of all, he said that was a dumb move. (laughs) And I don't know what Pascal is saying again. I don't know how I feel about this advice. But if somebody doesn't want to do something, I don't think anyone should do anything regarding touch or intimacy or anything physical out of obligation uh, maybe it's just me i don't know but that made me uncomfortable i saw this and i don't know where i saw this but why is it that pastor cal is so hot to trot to tell the black couples how much sex that they should be having <laughs> i think you've mentioned this before <laughs> they're also the only ones they ask if they're using protection <laughs> when they're having sex Um, He's never had to ask that question this season, thank goodness, because neither of the black couples are having sex. But it's like, Mark and Lindsay are not having sex. Who was badgering them that they should be more intimate or they should be more touching or they should... No, only Katina and Elijah Juan and Jasmina and Michael get this lecture. Um, 
probably because they're the only ones that have never had sex. But Mark and Lindsay at least had sex, but they're in distress right now. So I, I get that. I just, you know, back to this thing, I just don't, I don't know how that made air, I guess, is telling someone that sometimes you do things out of obligation. That is not a good message. It's a terrible message. To send out at all. But you bring you bring up a good point that I was going to mention, so thank you for reminding me. Like, to show you where this season is, first of all, Michael and Jasmina are the golden couple. I mean, every season we say that, and last season we were lamenting that Jose and Rachel might be the golden couple, and that was not good. <laughs> and this season, Michael and Jasmina are the golden couple, and they're not a romantic connection. They're just friends. Because honestly, when they came on, I'd honestly forgotten about them. But when they came on screen, it was just good vibes. Because the other couples are just, oh, they're going through it. So it's kind of tough. But anyways, yeah. So I don't, I mean, unless he meant something else, I don't agree with his advice that you do things out of obligation. Um, I think it's very dangerous to tell someone sexually you do, should do things out of obligation. Especially when you're implying that the more you do it, then she'll want it. I don't know. It was just icky. It just feels like whatever's going on with them when it comes to intimacy needs to be a conversation with the two of them. And advice, I feel like, should be targeted towards getting the two of them to discuss their intimacy, not giving little tips on how to make it happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, make advance. Oh, God. Okay. Initiate. I was like, pass the cow. Michael is a pretty smart guy and I actually think he's attuned enough to Jasmina to understand what will go and what will not go. Does that make sense? It does. I think it's like regular. When you go on a date, nobody's saying that sometimes cues aren't read wrong, but you kind of know when it's a moment. Like, oh, when you kiss a girl. There are certain people out there who don't even like when you ask or whatever. Well, times have changed now. But you kind of know when okay, I'm going to reach in for a kiss and the time is right now. Or Because you can read body language. Communication is not only words. It's also body language. So I agree with you. Michael knows Jasmina to a degree right now. And I'm sure he had a reason for saying, don't do what you don't want to do. Because if you're feeling like you're forcing someone, that's not fun for him either. Mm-hmm. So with Jasmina and Dr. Pepper, Jasmina says that she's a very sexual person. But she doesn't feel it if she doesn't have an emotional connection. And it's not that she feels uncomfortable when he touches. She just doesn't feel anything. And Dr. Pepper says they should have more conversations holding hands and sitting next to each other to give each other body intimacy that says that you're more than just friends and that you're trying to be husband and wife. That is much better advice. It really is. Although I, I, I did say ouch out loud when she says I don't feel anything when he touches me. I was like, ouch. Sometimes I'm like, let's just say one day you do feel something. Do you want it on tape for him to be able to watch <laughs> that part where you said you didn't feel something? Jamie, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Do- this whole thing ends with Dr. Pepper saying that they both have good hearts that need to be exposed. I, I, and I'm still loving Michael and Jasmina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I agree with Dr. Pepper. I hope they work out, but if they don't, it's okay. <gasps> I think they would have left the experience still being good people. And maybe they'll be the first Babs couple who actually manages to be friends. Ha. <laughs> we will see. <laughs> um, 
So Mark and Lindsay have to do their, I say have to, because these people really are forced, um, have to do their post-therapy sit-down. Um, but Mark says that he's worried about her responses to his questions. In the past, she hasn't been affirming of the things he's asked her. Um, they walk in, they do the hi, how are you? They are wearing matching colors. She's got the pink blazer, the blue shirt. He's got a pink and blue checkered shirt. <laughs> um, she has cooked some chicken. He asked, what kind of chicken is this? And she gives him a look. At first I was like, is this not chicken? And she's trying to trick him. Or is she just like, it's fucking chicken. Eat the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with the latter. <laughs> I didn't know what her answer meant either. Cause she did like a chicken imitation or something i don't know <laughs> they both say that their respective conversations were good and they talked about the things they talked about and she who asked who oh he was recounting the conversation and he said dr pepper asked him do you think you're like your dad and she's like your mom and he said he never thought about it that way and it struck an emotional chord and so he got emotional and Lindsay was very like, are you okay? What's wrong? And she said that she never wants to see him hurt or in pain. And he has tragedy and she has trauma. One of the, he says, one of the questions that he's trying to figure out is why do you go to a place of hurt when you're upset? If I do something that doesn't sit well with me versus the tone you do because it's a trigger of his mom and dad. And he's trying to learn where it comes from so he can show her the affection that she's deserving of. She says when she tries to explain herself and she feels like she's not heard and someone raises her voice, she doesn't know how to say it in a way like... If I try it twice, you say you're nagging and then you're quick to get defensive and reactive and you don't need me and I don't need you and it's very tit for tat. Mark says he thinks they need to equally work on things. Um, The good part about it is he let her touch him when she was consoling him. He didn't like... That's true. Rec- he didn't rec- recoil. Silver lining. Silver lining, very low bar, however you want to see it. <laughs> So Lindsay asked the question, what does love mean to you? Or can you define what love is to you? And he says, when someone accepts me for everything I am, good, bad, uncomfortable, and doesn't try to change me too much by making me eat tacos. (laughs) And he says he realized that whoever he marries will have to be there for when his mom and his nana go, not to be his mother, but to have the unconditional protection of love that that they gave so he knows that she wants to do that because she's wanted to do that since day one and this is the time where i love to talk about how bark hates Lindsay, but i do think there is a part of him that sees that in her i think that's kind of what keeps him going is this idea that Lindsay would love him unconditionally the way he would like to be loved yeah again but go ahead Sorry. but this is all tied up with Lindsay being like his mother his mother who used to yell all the time I mean, they do say we marry our parents, so. so. <laughs> but depending on the parent, I don't. I don't think he needs to marry his mother. No, I get it. I mean, I think this conversation reminds me of that impasse we've been talking about. On paper, they might be what they need, and they have the elements that they ask for. But in reality, it's not looking good. 
Lindsay says that, oh, Mark says if he didn't see enough good in her, he wouldn't be there and he's not going anywhere until two weeks from decision day when he will say no, thank you. Um, <laughs> Lindsay says that Mark answered her questions to the best of his ability and it feels exciting and hopeful. And yeah. Hmm. And then they kissed. And even as I watched them kiss, I didn't feel very, I don't know. It still felt distant. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, these people are just temporary. Put a band-aid on it. Next episode, they'll be bleeding again. So Th- That describes them to a T. All right, guys. Time for a break. And we're back from the break with Jasmina on the selfie cam, feeling good about her meeting with Dr. Pepper and saying that she can't wait to see what Michael said about her. We see Michael lighting candles per usual and they debrief each other with their talks and she says, you know, she sees his effort. Michael asks if chemistry can be built over time and she says that if by decision day they aren't physical, but she has feelings, she knows that it will come. So her worry really is developing the feelings. She brings up the conversations that they don't have deep, raw conversations And he says that it is becoming easier and he wants to have those conversations. So despite the fact that we don't know what deep conversation she wants to have, it looks like he knows what she's talking about. And that's good. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess we have to remember that up until two weeks ago, apparently they weren't even talking. So (laughs) maybe there's a validity to what she's saying. So he asks if there's enough time to build an emotional bond. And she says it depends on how much they put into it. And we really have a season where just one couple is having sex. I just (laughs) like, (laughs) wow. So Steve and Noy are finally having the conversation about finances and future planning. I thought this is what Noy has been asking for or is a step forward, but she still had the stank face. So they're talking about it and she says she thinks that they should have individual accounts and joint for expenses. He agrees. They switch to division of tasks and he goes, is it fair for it to be even? She goes, nope, only if they're both working. Steve says, okay, does she need him to have a full-time job to feel secure? And I mean, she should have just said yes, but she goes, she just wants to see income, which to me is vague. He says that he says that he might not need to work full-time, but there's a possibility that he could make more not working full-time and he would need her on board for entrepreneurial ventures. Um, I saw- was there something about the way he was talking that made you think that she was going to be like working with him on his entrepreneurial ventures? No. I okay. think he was just saying that because she's so tunnel vision that it has to be nine to five, I'm going to need you to be on board. Like, hey, I want to do this venture. Like, support me. You know? Okay. I mean, you know, my husband, you know, part time, he does photography. I remember the first time I, I can be like, no, I don't want to say I can be like, no way. I understand. Like I get security in nine to five. So, but I'm not so rigid or not know enough of the world to know that there's so many other ways to make money right now. So mm-hmm. imagine the first time he came tell me, Oh, I want to do this. And I'm like, uh, no, you need to have a nine to five. <laughs> you need to support the family. You need to do that. Cause sometimes people do have dreams that are outside of that. And if you have that talent, 
why not explore it while you can? So I think that's what he meant is like, hey, I'm going to do this. And then starting a business is not easy. So you just have to be on board or whatever. And the way Noy speaks, like sometimes if you have to float them, I don't think that's the issue with Steve. And I don't know why I keep talking about this man. Like I know him personally, but <laughs> if need be, I just need your support that you would trust me and let's give me that opportunity to try that out. And I saw this after the episode, but there was an article about, and again, we'll talk about it in um, After Party, where he mentions he's on an app. And there's an article where Steve was featured, where he had or developed some app or whatever. And I know Steve's venture is well talked about. Everyone's trying to figure out how much is this <laughs> man's net worth <laughs> or whatever. But again, uh, we know the types that develop apps, that sell it or whatever. They make money out of it. So that's what I got out of him saying, I might not need to do nine to five, but there's a chance that I could make more money doing that. I and will then, say the people on Reddit have deep dived into Steve and his possible skills and the apps, while they, I don't know what they were, they are no longer available at the app store. It is doubtful he ever made money off of them. I think he's saying, I know how to build an app. Maybe one day I could make money off an app, but I'm not sure he's made money off an app before. Well, in the article, he'd already, well, I don't know. I can't remember what it was, so I'm not going to speak out of turn. But all I know is my Steve was asked an after party, and he <laughs> said 40000 was nothing. So everybody back back. <laughs> that that part, yes. Yes. In after party, we basically get our confirmation that, which I would say since day one, you and I have been like, it's probably okay. It's just Noi, I feel like. Just Noi, and honestly, a whole bunch of people on the internet. It's one of the great <laughs> debates on Reddit. Like, is... Steve broke or is Steve rich? And I'm like, I think he's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> but enough to where this one needs to calm down. Yeah. And honestly, his house is one of the nicer ones we saw. <laughs> so that gives me more faith. But um, he says that he might not need to work full-time, but he can make more not working full-time and he would need her on board. Oh, sorry, I already said that. This lovely man even puts it on the table that there may be a time she would need to take time off for herself. Guys, <laughs> he is thinking about her where if you don't need to work, like I got you. I don't know how much more security <laughs> you need. <laughs> so, and then she had the audacity to sit there with stink face. Like what he had suggested was poop. I was like, so confused. <sighs> so confused. I don't like this one. I'm, I'm, it's taken me a while to get to this. But I'm officially of this episode. I'm just like, Noi, there, go to, I don't know what's wrong with you. Well, you know how I feel. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Noi says she doesn't think um, they would be ready. And she's not even saying it with like confidence, but you know, she would like to have her first kid in a year. And then Steve is like, okay, I'm definitely on. And she's like, wait, you are? Oh, I think, again, I don't know if she's spoiling for a fight. Like, it's almost like she was ready for him to say, no, I'm not ready for it. And she's going to be like, well, that's going to be a problem. But she seemed really surprised because she's like, oh, okay. But everything noise says sounds like it has a question mark attached to it. <laughs> it's something I, yes. <laughs> it's something that irks me in real life, but I'm just like, be sure of yourself. Just say what you want and let this man who is very effective in communication, say his own part. And then you can come to a resolution and then you can go tweet about it or put it on your stories or whatever. The so no having a vocal fry is that when you say things, they sound like a question, even when they aren't, because you do the uptick at the end of the sentence, which uh, makes it seem like a question. Ah, uh, I see. 
So Noah's on his selfie cam saying that she was supposed to be going out to play volleyball with the rest of the couples, but she woke up with a headache, so she's staying behind and Steve is going alone. I was like, she has the Rona. She has the Rona. <laughs> I actually didn't believe. It. I just thought she wasn't up for it and she just wanted to chill. <laughs> so we see Elijah and Katina riding with Lindsay and Mark. They've come a long way, haven't they? Um, we see the much teased about hidden, hidden camera and Pastor Kyle tells us that they're doing it to see if the couples had all their questions answered and if they need to course correct. They all play volleyball. Katina is really bad at it and they get done and gather around and Steve asks how everyone is doing. Mark and Lindsay are talking about their marriage and from nowhere, she just sidebars about some volleyball stuck in the sprinkler or whatever it is. It's like Lindsay sees an audience and all things just shift and she becomes somebody else. Pascal is like, Lindsay always diverts from serious issues to say something completely irrelevant. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever noticed that, but maybe she does. It's true. And actually, while I said the hidden camera stuff was silly, that was actually a, a very like good point that Pastor Cal made mm. that we wouldn't have seen, you know? Yeah. So the experts say Lindsay is real and actually good at expressing herself. And she actually knows herself. Um, Jasmina does walk over and gets her tissue because she's crying at this point, just saying all the things that she wants. She keeps talking and the experts are like, Mark needs to give her something that he's not responding and he's not moving. He just sits in his chair, looks at his feet, looks at the sand. And it's like, Guys, he's checked out. I don't know what else anybody needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> they ask Olajuwon and Olajuwon. You guys, I jokingly always call this show the Olajuwon show because it really is. Olajuwon says, my wife and I are doing very well. And he apologizes about dinner. How long ago was this dinner? Um, It was at one month, so maybe a week or two ago. And he's just apologizing to them because... um. Maybe because it came up in the conversation, so it's just occurring to him, like, oh, maybe I did do something and embarrass her. Anyways, and you guys got to see that I care about my wife, that care thing again. And then he tells them about Dr. Peppers, as he says. Speaking of, <laughs> we didn't address the fact that Lindsay and Mark were calling Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper. How was Cal? How was Pepper? And I'm like, who are these people? To not put respect on these people's names. Like, they did that last time in Houston. Like, they need to stop with that. Put the respect, give them the accolades that they have. Anyways, so he calls her Dr. Peppers and says how she got the wrong impression, that Katina is reserved, and he talks more, so it comes off that way. I mean, it's true because in every scene we see with them, Elijah one is doing all the talking. Katina doesn't talk anymore. I don't think if anyone's noticed. All she does is look up at him and look like she's saying, save me with her eyes. But that's <laughs> where we are now. I actually find it very disturbing how... Does, does no one else notice? Like, Olajuwon just makes assertions, and she doesn't speak for herself anymore. It's really strange. Yeah. He says he asked Katina what she thought that does he belittle her, and that she, he got a laugh from her. Like, I can't believe that's what you guys talked about. I highly doubt that's what she said, but okay. Elijah one says Dr. Pepper kept saying, I heard, I heard. And he had to remind her that as an expert, you shouldn't play the he said, she said game. All the while, Katina is just watching him and is silent. 
He continues that, you know, Dr. Pepper needs to get a grasp of two people and they did not help him, not at all. He says 90% of it was a waste and he could have talked about something that would help his marriage. And it was more of him catching Dr. Pepper up instead because she made it very clear that she had no clue what was going on. This man was talking a mile a minute. And it was a lie. Dr. Pepper knows what's going on. Dr. Pepper gets her reports. She gets her clips. She sees your nonsense. She knows what's going on. You just didn't like her interpretation or the advice she had to give you after she saw. Gosh, I really don't like Olajuwon. I wasn't sure if I had said it this episode, so I want to make sure to get that in there. I do not like Olajuwon. <laughs> like I said, I am pro roll the tape. You can't fight <laughs> proof. So the experts decide like, okay, it's time for us to go because, you know, they go out and they talk to the couples. And as they walk out, Jasmine is like, oh, and Elijah one looks like he had a deer in a highlight look, in, in headlights look. So Dr. Pepper says that what she wanted was for him to interpret and clear up anything from his point of view about what his marriage is or isn't. She's like, well, it does, it's not worth us going back and forth. The important thing is if the marriage is going well, it's a win. Aid? No. I was like, huh? No. I sound like a crazy person. I couldn't believe she said that. And once again, reminding us that these people are not here for anybody's safety, anybody's mental health. They're just here to make sure that we have what they consider to be good marriages. And good marriage just means you're together. You don't have to be kind to each other. You don't have to be nice to each other. It doesn't have to be a healthy marriage. You just need to be married. I was very disappointed in Dr. Pepper. Like she's usually the give it straight person. And after all that, keep talking, Elijah, when you come out and that's all you say, but okay. Elijah one says maybe she didn't express herself right in their one-on-one, but he's happy that she cleared it up, but it's he and Katina's marriage. And that's that dynamic. Once again, Katina's just looking at him as he speaks. She has not said a word this entire time. Like, if their marriage is so great, why can't Katina defend it with her mouth? Why does a larger one have to defend it for her? Oh, because it's not so great. Not so great. Yeah. Pastor Cal and his unending dicey advice steps in with, Katina is always in the place of resolution and she always wants peace. And that's what they need in their world. And she is what he needs. Do you hear me? And I'm like... The expert bunked this completely because I this I just thought, you know, I've been screaming, where are the experts? When are they going to help them? You know what? Stay away. <laughs> if this is what you're bringing, just stay, watch your iPad screenings and don't, they bunked this. They didn't even like a, an opportunity for Pastor Kyle to be like, you know, let Katina speak for herself. What do you think about the thing? I don't know, something, but this is very disappointing. Because Elijah Wong just keeps going and says, you know, I've always said this. And then he had to add, I'm not in love, but we always resolve things. And they bring up the whole falling in love thing. And then the experts are talking about you're not in love, but you're growing in it, but you're committed. Most people are in love before they even know. Honestly, if ever there was proof that this is the Elijah Wong show, this was it. Because this was just Way too much time to watch the experts sucking up to a larger one. And they're giving him validation. Validation for his crappy behavior. No questions for Katina. It was really bad. It was, it was very, bad. very, very bad. It was bad. Because we spent like, God knows how many minutes on that. And then they switched to the rest of the couples. And like, oh, Dr. Pepper addresses Mark for not responding. 
And Lindsay does the thing she does where she just won't stop talking and just, you know, the black sand came out, <laughs> shepherding and all that, making fun of how Mark looks scared all the time, whatever. And then they address Michael and Jasmina and the not feeling, and she says it again about the not feeling anything. And Dr. Pepper just gives her a tidbit, like, maybe you should add yet. Instead of just making it very final that you don't feel anything when he touches you. I still, I don't, nobody else seems to react very hoof about it. But I just think that's a huge thing, you know, for your partner. To I think that's huge too. I think oh. it's funny that you and I watch her like we're reacting. And the people actually there are just like, oh, it's perfectly fine to say, you know, I'm not really that into you. That's tough. Yeah, so then the episode ends and we get a preview of next week when they go for the couple's retreat, which I'm actually looking forward to. I do like the games that they play. And all I took out of that, Aid, it looks like this heifer, and I mean Lindsay, is jumping out of a moving car. (laughs) I thought I saw that and then I was like, surely, surely she's not going to jump out of a moving car. But you know... Lindsay, as terrible as she is, is always here to provide entertainment. Um, So yeah, she's going to entertain us by jumping out of the moving car next week. All right. Okay. They made it seem like she's also going to flip out about being in a game, being told that she's the one who always starts the fights. And that, I'm just like, Lindsay, what else did you expect? I don't, that's probably, I think that one's going to be a fake out. But the jumping out of the car thing, you can hear Mark saying, what are you doing? It's like, oh my God. So, yeah. So that ends the episode. Um, yep, that's it. Tane, who has your bouquet this week? Um, I'm doing multiples this week. So my bouquet, as if you guys didn't know already, goes to Steve, one, because he's Steve. Because he communicates like an, an adult because I don't believe that he is financially destitute or irresponsible. Oh my God, there's going to be so much egg on my face if this man comes out to be a Boston scam and (laughs) he's living on credit (laughs) and has no money. Oh my God, you guys, don't find me if you do, if that's the case. But yeah, but honestly, forget his finances. It's just the way he addresses and deals with Noi. Like imagine if Noi was with a larger one. He thinks... Katina doesn't have life skills or whatever. What was he going to do with someone who does not communicate? But anyway, Steve and Michael. I just think Michael, I've had a huge 180 on Michael. And he's just been very, to me, respectful. And Michael, don't listen to Pastor Cal. It's okay for you to tell someone not to do something they don't want to do. <laughs> a woman, sorry. <laughs> who has Or yours? someone, or someone. Um, Who has mine? I was going to say, well, I'm going to say Michael and Jasmina, just because they're the positive couple. They're working on things. Jasmina could say less about not feeling things. <laughs> but altogether, they're they're doing the experiment right, I think. They're trying. They have made huge leaps and strides from where they were in the beginning, and they definitely deserve a most improved award. And I hope, I hope that they can develop some some sexual chemistry and go there. But if not, I really now I'm just hoping that they will be friends. Yes. Who has your burnt ashes? Very clearly, Noi and Elijah. Let's get that out of the way. And the experts. I just can't believe how much they bunked 
the whole Elijah one situation. I thought he was going to get a talking to. I thought they were going to address the way that he spoke to her, the way he made her cry, the way he breaks her down, the way he embarrasses her. And we just got out here with a, as long as your marriage is working, it's a win. It is not a win. They need to prioritize these people that are on this show. They're already giving so much of themselves. It's not okay. And that was very disappointing. And also Pastor Cal, especially for saying that sometimes you do things out of obligation when you are referring to physical intimacy. Yuck. Who has yours? I mean, you took all of them, but I'll go ahead and give it to Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm, I cannot, you've got to deal with your problems in a way that doesn't have you screaming at someone every week over the same stuff. Like it's really, I know I said it's fun to watch. It is, but she should not be doing that. Like you, you have to deal with yourself before you come and try to like be in a relationship. Stop screaming at this poor man. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. Wow. So that means one, two, three, four, five, five people in the cast are just burnt ashes. Next week, I, I'm going to give some, hopefully I'll be able to give someone a most improved award. Okay. Keep hope alive. That is all we have for this week, though. You can find Tane with Nana on the rewatch where they're rewatching Sex in the City. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCall, M-A-F-S, A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. Love hearing from you guys on social media. Tell us what you think. Tell us if you think Steve has anybody. we're available anywhere that you listen to podcasts except for those of you that's been asking about stitcher we do not have that with our provider yet but as soon as they do we will let you guys know that it's available thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes and please give us a five-star rating on spotify and apple Podcasts. and we look forward to seeing you next week bye save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.